Warning. Themes addressed in this episode may be inappropriate for younger listeners. Welcome back to the Outskirts Podcast with Tanner and Friends. We're going to dive right into a frightening handful of stories from a masterful storyteller. But friends, I need to warn you not to let your guard down. Because like the tale of a dragon from the deepest, darkest abyss, these tales are covered in wicked spikes with evil intent. So unless you're wearing the full armor of God, or at least some mithril underwear like my boy Frodo Baggins, you just might find yourself pricked of the mind. Or worse. tell people who you know who are like well they no no it's real you know, believe that it's real but you know i i don't i don't play with that stuff because i've seen it firsthand there was a time when i was at youth camp we were playing basketball that afternoon and this guy, he was on the skins team, and so the guys had their shirts off. The skins, they they won, and so we all went to dinner, and then we all went to church that evening. Well, he had a girlfriend, and his girlfriend and him were sitting in the front row in front of me, and the preacher was preaching, and all of a sudden, uh, the guy pushes his girl, he's there in front of me, he, pushes his girlfriend away and goes, get away! He starts screaming, get away, get away! And the preacher stops and comes down and he points at him. He says, devil, what are you doing here? And the guy drops. And as the guy is dropping, he's like, I'm gonna take everyone to hell! Screaming this. And I'm like, froze. It was an eerie sound to hear. I froze. And all of a sudden, the preacher goes, get him in the back. And he said to us, he said, everybody start praying. Some of us went, and I don't know why we went to the back. I don't know why I went to the back, other than I was nosy and wanted to see what was going on. Somehow I got to the back. And this this kid, he was a kid. I would say he's he was around 15 at the most. And he was real skinny. And he was real tall and just real skinny. And I remember there was an enormous fat man. Well, the kid was throwing him off. One arm. The, the kid threw the fat man off. And I'm staring at this going, oh my word. So they they did deliverance on him that night 
and he came back out that night and he lifted up his shirt and he says well first he goes um, many of you might know that there was demons in me and I got delivered tonight and the demons did not want to leave and they they left claw marks leaving my body and he raised up his shirt and there were claw marks all over his back that afternoon when we were playing there was nothing on him and these were big claw marks all over his back and his stomach where the demons were not wanting to leave and he said that he opened a door for satan to come in listening to hard rock music i don't know what he what he said he was listening to but he said that he knew that he shouldn't be listening to that kind of music and uh so that was that was kind of freaky too So it was uh, in Shreveport, Louisiana. I was raised with an older brother, two years older than me, and he was deaf. And we were poor. Um, we lived in a little house, and my brother and I shared a room. And um, we had two twin beds in that in that room, and. Uh, he taught me how to sign, so we, we were pretty good. I was pretty good at signing to him. Well, we'd already gotten tucked in one night, and if you were looking at the door inside the room, my bed was to the left of the door, and Darren's bed was to the right of the door, and both of our heads were looking towards the door. So we were both laying there. I don't know how much time passed, but just laying there and all of a sudden uh, this really tall figure comes to the door and he takes his hat off and he bends down to come into the door and he stands up and puts his hat on and he's just standing there well Darren runs to my bed and he gets in the covers and he grabs my hands my hands would cover his hands and he would sign, and I would feel the letters that he was signing. He would spell a D. He would make a D. And then to go to the next letter, I would tap him after I understood. So he would sign D, and then I would tap him, and then he would sign O, and then I would tap him, and then he would sign Y, and then I would tap him. And, you know, he spelled out, do you see that? And I can't remember if we said anything else, but Darren slept with me that night, and we went on to bed. Well, the next morning, we're sitting at the breakfast table, and Darren and I are talking about it. I remember telling him, I said, it's weird, right? I, I was not afraid, and I was, I was like, I was not afraid. Were you afraid? And he was like, no, I wasn't afraid, you know. And then we told my mom and dad about it. And uh, my mom and dad said, like, well, that was, was maybe your angel, your guardian angel. I don't remember a lot of things, you know, when I was young, but I remember that. You could just see the outline of a very, very tall person 
and you and you knew it was a man because it looked like he had on a suit and he was wearing a hat like you know i didn't see his eyes or anything like that wasn't like he was like staring at me i don't even remember seeing his hands but it wasn't scary at all to us i i think it was an angel have you ever seen anything like that any other time in your life yes it was auburn and i was not doing good i had just drunk a whole bottle of my mom's cough syrup and uh it had um hydrocodone in it and i drank the whole thing and she came home and was looking for it and uh, when she came home i was high as a kite well that night i went ahead and went to bed and the bed that in the guest bedroom the the bed was against the the window the um the mirror was facing me and i saw the reflection there was a man in the window and he had a hat on and i wasn't scared i relate that story to when we saw the angel with the hat on i think it was my guardian angel that night but i can't be 100% sure because like i said i was high as a kite it was shortly after that that kind of spiraled out of control and then i went to team challenge but yeah i think that was my guardian angel So this was uh Brooklyn, New York, 2004. Um I pretty much just had spent 17 years of drug addiction, you know, and so I was at Teen Challenge. So uh it's for uh, people of all ages that are dealing with uh addictions and you go there and they um pretty much just get clean and uh learned a lot about my my anger and why I was, you know, running to drugs and all that. So anyway, I had been there for about three or four months, and this girl comes in. We'll just say her name is Tammy, and she comes in. It, it was in the morning time, and we were sitting in the, the TV room, and straight across from the TV room is the counselor's room, and they had glass doors and we were all sitting in there and we had Miss Phyllis who was on duty that morning. She was out of the army and so when she was on, uh, we couldn't make a peep. We And we had to sit up straight and had to be very quiet. Well, this girl comes in, Tammy comes in and they bring her into the to the counseling room and they lay her down for some reason. I, so anyway, She's laying there, and all of a sudden, she looks at us. There's about 21 girls in the TV room, okay? And she looks at us with fire in her eyes, and she raises up off the couch. By raise up, you mean she sat up? No. She levitated off the couch. Well, at that time, everybody starts screaming, and I remember going, oh, my God. What in the crap is this? All of a sudden, Miss Phyllis goes, Ladies, look at me. And we're all still looking at this girl, Tammy. <laughs> and she's screaming at us, Ladies, look at me, I said. So we look at her, or I look at her, 
And she goes, follow me outside now. So she lines us up and we leave out of there. And uh, so we went to breakfast and then we went in the chapel. But that was, uh, that was freaky. That that was, uh, made your hair stand up on the back of your head. What do you mean Uh, fire in her eyes? Fire. Her eyes were fire looking at me. I, I saw fire in her eyes, like red flames. It, it, I'll never forget that. That's something I, I'll never be able to forget. Later on, we found out her mom and dad were Satanists, and her daddy would rape her and use the babies for sacrifices. And then she spent, I think it was about 26 years on heroin, just just to, you know, just to forget that. Another time at Teen Challenge, same house. Uh, it was, this was a big mansion. It was the summer, and all of the windows were open on our floor. And I lived in what we called the dorm room. You walk in the dorm room, and there's just beds kind of everywhere in every corner. And we had just turned off the lights. And um, I had already had my eyes closed, but I wasn't asleep. And the girl sleeping next to me had the bed next to me. Her name was Sharice. And she said, oh, my God. And I opened my eyes. We saw demons flying over us. It was a long black blob, and it had arms and a head. And they were flying over in our room. I knew what it was, but I didn't actually know what a demon looks like. The girl, Sharice, next to me goes, It was staring at me right in my face. And I said, just pray, just close your eyes and pray. A counselor came in, turned on the lights, and then started slinging everybody with anointing oil and speaking in tongues. And as soon as she did that, I was out immediately, immediately. I woke up the next morning and we all talked about it. Yeah. Uh, You said you respect preachers that are humble and poor. Yeah. My counselor, she would not accept any money from Teen Challenge. Um, Her parents were filthy rich over in India, and they were Hindu. And she left all of that and had one dress, and she would wear that all the time. She had such a close relationship with God. She said that wherever she went, God would tell her to go to the grocery store. Mind you, she didn't have any money. God would tell her to go to the grocery store, get what she wanted in her basket, and God would provide. Every time, someone would pay for her groceries. She loved coffee. She loved Starbucks coffee. Every morning, she would go and someone would pay for her Starbucks coffee. And it wasn't the same people. It was someone different. When she went out to eat, she never would have to pay for her meal. Someone would always pay for her meal. She lived by faith. Yep. Lived by faith. That's what she said. Did she participate in the deliverance of 
Tammy. Tammy, yeah. Yes. Yeah. She was the one who uh, counseled me. We would meet every other day, and I was real hard and real angry, and it was like my second month, and I, I wouldn't talk at all. I would just cross my arms, and she would talk, and she was like, you know, we're going to have to talk. You're, you're going to have to talk. And I was like, I'm not talking to you. And this went on for several months. And one day we were in the backyard and um, she had her legs crossed and she had her notebook on her lap and we were sitting under a big old tree. She was saying something. And I was looking down and I looked up at her. And uh, she said something, and I looked to my right, and I looked back, and she goes, you just saw something, what'd you see? I said, I saw my dad. And when I said I saw my dad, um, I just started crying really bad. She's like, that's where we begin then. So, yeah, that was, that was the first day uh, of my healing. She was the real deal. Wow. Thank God for Leslie. And thank you, Julie, for sharing those amazing tales from your journeys on the outskirts. Speaking of the outskirts, that's the name of this show. And listener, we want your story. There's still time to pitch into the Halloween series, and we're always looking for stories from every genre. Just write outskirts at tannerandfriends.com with a summary of the story you'd like to share. Cheers, friends. This episode of the Outskirts Podcast with Tanner and Friends was brought to you in part by our one listener in Leakslip County Kildare in Ireland. Hey, thanks for listening. Let's email. <laughs>